Hello, and welcome to the Book Speaks podcast, where the book speaks for itself. I'm your host, Benjamin Douglas, and this is the show where each week I read a chapter from a different indie author. Thanks for joining me for today's reading. Hey everybody, readers and writers alike, welcome to another episode of the Book Speaks podcast, where the book speaks for itself. I'm your host, Benjamin Douglas. Thanks for joining me today. This is episode number 49, so we're getting somewhere. (laughs) Uh, Today, the indie author is Becca Price, and the book from which I'll be reading is her Dragons and Dreams Bedtime Stories. So first off, uh, thanks to everyone for your patience last week. If you showed up and I wasn't here with an episode, sorry about that. (laughs) I was terribly, terribly sick. You know, it's cold and flu season and I I had the gunk for a good week. And um, unfortunately, I just wasn't up to recording my speaking voice a week ago. It really would not have been pleasant to listen to. But I'm back now. I'm pretty proud of my track record, you know... Uh, The show started at the end of March in 2017. It's now mid-March 2018, so just shy of a year, and we've only missed three weeks in total, two of which were for the holidays uh, in winter when I was traveling. So this was my first sick day that I've had to take off. Sorry about it, but thanks for being here anyway today. I really appreciate your listening, um, checking out the show. Quick call to action as always, if you want to reach out and say hello, on uh, I'm, I'm at Cantankerous Ben on Twitter. Uh, you can find me at BenjaminDouglasBooks at gmail.com. Feel free to comment on the show, http colon slash slash thebookspeakspodcast.wordpress.com. It's also on YouTube, The Book Speaks Podcast. And finally, on iTunes, where I'm always appreciating ratings and reviews. Um, really, really much appreciated. So thank you if you've done that. And if you haven't yet, I invite you to do so. You'd be helping me out. So Becca Price is writing illustrated children's fantasy books, stories of fairy tales, bedtime stories, dragons and princesses and goblins and these sorts of things. And I first encountered her on K-Board, surprise, surprise, (laughs) where I've noticed her beautifully illustrated covers. It didn't even occur to me at first that her books were children's books. Looking at these covers, honestly, I was reminded of um, Jeffrey Poole's covers, friend of the show Jeff Poole, who I've read from before and who's one of the co-hosts of one of my favorite shows, the Science Fiction and Fantasy Marketing Podcast. Jeff's books, while I think they're usually family-friendly, they're not marketed to children. But Becca's books uh, are, and the, the book from which we're reading today, Dragons and Dreams, Bedtime Stories. Um, I'm looking at the, the bestsellers rankings, and she's got it slotted into children's ebooks, literature and fiction, Bedtime and Dreaming, children's ebooks, Fairy Tales, Folk Tales, and Myths, and also children's books, Growing Up and Facts of Life, Family Life, Sleep. <laughs> so there you go. Um, uh, kind of cool. I hear about how tough it is to sell children's ebooks. 
Um, you know, kids don't typically have access to credit cards. <laughs> kids apparently don't typically use e-readers the way that my generation and above, I'm an old millennial, do. Um, <clears throat> and yet, here's Becca Price apparently doing a decent job of it. If you've noticed Becca Price's covers, or if you hop over to her website or her Amazon author page, both of which, by the way, I'll have links to in the show notes, you're going to see some lovely cover art. And I don't know about all the books, but the book from which I'm reading today, Dragons and Dreams Bedtime Stories, the cover was done by Todd Cameron Hamilton, as credited in the back of the book. And there is also interior art. There are illustrations in the ebook. And the interior art for this book was done by Sarah B. Anderson. And there's some information on both of those artists in the back matter of Dragons and Dreams Bedtime Stories. So if you're interested in this kind of thing and you're looking for artists, <laughs> there's a couple, <laughs> a couple of people that, um, that are in the field that are doing the work. I'm looking at the illustrations right now in Dragons and Dreams, and I can tell you they are um, simple, they're black and white, and they're quite charming. They look like um, probably charcoal pencil sketch type things, but they're filled out. There's lots of nice shading and depth. There is some really fun um, character type uh, um, associations, especially with the dragons. I love the facial expressions on all of the dragons. Um, the dragons are not typically of an alarming size when they're next to humans. They're just a little bit bigger. These are kids' books after all, and usually the dragons are kind of funny or silly. They're not particularly um, menacing. <laughs> so anyway, um, that's what I'm seeing, and if you want to see for yourself, feel free to check this out. This book is in Kindle Unlimited as of the time of this reading, which is where I'm reading it. <laughs> so you're welcome, Becca. <laughs> anyway, um, <clears throat> there's that. I'm going to go ahead now and read Becca Price's Amazon author bio. Becca Price lives in a small town in southeastern Michigan on 10 acres of weeds, swamps, and trees. She lives with her husband, two children, and three cats. She has been a freelance writer for over 25 years. Her fairy tales are based on stories she wrote for her own children when they were of an age to appreciate fairy tales and bedtime stories. Good, that's quite charming. Uh, Becca, I'm from Michigan, too. <laughs> Yay! I'm from the uh, the northern lower peninsula. It's a lot of qualifications there because I'm not from the UP, but I'm from north of the Jack Pine line, if that makes sense. So anyway, good on you. Michigan forever. Woo woo. And uh, three cats. My goodness. Now, if you're anything like me, when you picture a dragon, you picture it being sort of feline. And I think for me, this comes back to an, uh, it must've been the seventies. It might've been the eighties. There was an old cartoon version of the Hobbit <laughs> and Smaug the dragon was so cat-like. He was like a big lion or tiger. I mean, he had like, you know, he had wings and a really long neck, but his head looked like a, a cat head. And ever since then, I've associated dragons with my cats and cats with dragons. So I mean, I don't, I'd be curious to know if that's where you get any of your dragonly inspiration. But that's really, um, that's really charming and, and um, really clever how you've used stories that you wrote for your own children. 
um, to inspire these works that now you're sharing with other children and sharing commercially and, and hopefully, you know, turning a bit of a profit for yourself. Um, that's just good, smart business and artistic fulfillment. And I hope it's going very, very well for you. I'm also now going to read the book description. That's the Amazon book blurb or product description for the book Dragons and Dreams Bedtime Stories. Second edition, illustrated. I am 3,410 years old, the dragon told the man. And for every single night of every single year of those 3,410 years, I've slept on my treasure. It's how dragons sleep. It's how dragons have always slept. And he closed his eyes with a snap. Then he opened one eye cautiously. What's a bed? Brave princesses, grumpy dragons, princes competing for a kingdom, and children seeking answers to age-old questions. These six modern fairy tales include stories for pleasant dreams and stories for stirring thought. They are just the right length for bedtime reading. Each is a gem that will delight the entire family, suitable for age five and older. Good, and I would dare say, uh, I, you know, <clears throat> I don't know anything too much about child development. My own child is only 15 months right now. <laughs> He's a toddler. But uh, um, um, they seem suitable to me based on the one that I've already read for the reading. Uh, for ages younger than that, too, there's nothing particularly frightening, depending on how frightening you make your dragon voice. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, maybe just the fact that it's, you know, not a big cardboard book with, you know, only pictures. Um, but yeah, there's that. So, uh, last thing before we get to the reading, uh, when I contacted Becca, who by the way, was really cool, um, and gave me permission right away. Thanks Becca. You're awesome. Um, she let me know that her newest book, Siren's Song is coming out March 15th. That's only five days away guys. And there is an ARC an advanced reader copy available free on her website until then that website is www.wormtailspress.com there'll be a link to that in the show notes and if you like what you hear today and i i really do think it's a very cleverly told little tale uh, about the the virtue of beds <laughs> it's very it's very charming it's very fun and it's got a very pleasant tone for children's stories if you like what you hear do check out becca's stuff she has a number of these titles up um, some of them are individual stories, but a number of them are sort of more in the anthology vibe, kind of like the one from which I'm reading today, which is a collection of six of these stories. Um, they are of a nice length. I think the reading today is somewhere between 15 and 20 minutes at the speed at which I read. That's not the speed at which everyone reads. I tend to be a little slow for these readings because I like to get dramatic. <laughs> um, so anyway, there, there you are. Check that stuff out. Support Becca Price. She's an indie author uh, doing good work. As always, this reading does not come from an official audiobook. It is presented here with the author's knowledge, consent, permission. Thank you for that, Becca. I really appreciate it. I hope you all enjoy it, everybody. Check out Becca's work. Come back next week for another indie author reading. The Grumpy Dragon from Dragons and Dreams, 
Bedtime Stories by Becca Price Illustrated Once upon a time, there was a very large, very old, and very grumpy dragon. Now, most dragons are very large and very old, and dragons as a species tend to be grumpy, but this particular dragon was even larger, older, and grumpier than most. Every day, this dragon would wake up in the morning and stretch and creak and groan. He'd gripe and grouse, fuss and fume to himself as he flew around the world, gathering treasure that men had lost, grumbling all the time. And when his wings and claws and pockets were filled with treasure, He'd take it back to his hoard and pile it on the large stack of treasure he'd gathered. When the night came, the dragon would curl up on top of his treasure and tuck his huge head under his gigantic wing and try to sleep. All night long he'd toss and turn on the treasure, grinding the gold and jewels to dust as he slept. And all night long, thin wisps of smoke would curl out of his nose so that his cave was filled with smoke and jewel dust. In the morning he'd rise, aching in every joint and with a stuffy head from the smoke and jewel dust, and off he'd fly again to grumble and grump and gather more treasure to replace the treasure he'd crushed as he slept. And this is the way that all dragons sleep, and have slept from the beginning of time, for such is the nature of dragon kind. Things went on like this for quite some time, and the dragon was as happy as a dragon could be, all things considering. He loved to soar in the sunlight and admire his bright span of wings, golden from all the treasure he'd ground to dust and embedded in his scales as he slept. But most of all, he loved to recite all his woes and annoyances over and over to himself until his mood was as bad as it could possibly be. He was proud of his bad mood, and quite content for a dragon. Then, one day, he arrived back at his cave with a new load of crowns and scepters and necklaces and bracelets and bejeweled swords to add to his hoard, when he noticed that something was different. This made his mood even worse, if possible, because dragons are conservative and hate change. He looked around. The mountain in which he lived was just as rocky and covered with charred stumps of the trees he'd burned with his fiery breath on particularly bad days. His cave was just as dark and gloomy and damp as it always was. Still, the notion nagged at him still that something was different, and that annoyed the dragon even further, until his mood fairly beggared description. He slunk into his cave, 
and added his new load to his hoard, and was about to settle down to sleep when he heard a noise. Quickly he turned to see what was happening, and banged the top of his head on the ceiling of the cave. He gave a big whoosh of fiery breath out the cave door, and then peeked around the corner to see what had bothered him. There, standing near the mouth of the cave, was the strangest thing the dragon had ever seen. It was a man. The dragon recognized men because they were always sneaking up on him and sticking sharp things in his direction. But it didn't look like any man the dragon had ever seen before. For one thing, he stood on the ground on his own two feet instead of riding on a horse. For another, this man was not all glittery and scaly and silvery with sharp points sticking out in odd directions. This man was covered in some sort of brownish-greenish stuff, and didn't have any points on him at all. And even stranger, this man had a concerned look on his face. That must have hurt the strange man-thing said. "'What's it?' asked the dragon, taken rather off his guard. "'That bash on your head when you hit it on the roof of your cave just now. And I'll bet you bit your tongue, too.' Which, in fact, the dragon had. So he nodded his head as a great shiny tear pooled in the corner of one huge eye. His eyes were reddened, and bloodshot, and had deep dark circles under them. "'I'm sorry if I surprised you,' continued the man. "'Did I interrupt something? You seemed to be in a bad mood, even before you hit your head.' "'No, I was just getting ready to go to sleep,' said the dragon. "'And dragons are always in a bad mood.' In fact, I'm noted far and wide for the badness, the sheer rottenness of my moods. I don't know how I do it. And here he hung his head modestly. It's just a gift. Oh, well then, said the man. Please don't let me stop you. I just came up because I'd heard that there was a dragon in these parts. And since I've never seen one, I thought I'd come up and take a look. "'Well, you've seen me,' grumped the dragon, who didn't like people staring at him. "'Now go away!' And he climbed up on top of his pile of gold and silver and jewel-encrusted goblets and other things that were in the process of being mangled past recognition. The man was silent as the dragon settled down with his head under his wing and began to toss and turn and fume and smoke, after the way of all dragon kind when they sleep. But after a while, his curiosity got the better of him, and he spoke up. Dragon? Excuse me, dragon? Are you awake? he asked softly. No, the dragon snarled. He had a nice kink in one shoulder, and something sharp was sticking him in his ribs. 
Is that the way you always sleep? asked the man. Isn't it uncomfortable? Of course it's uncomfortable. How else do you expect me to sleep? And the dragon closed his great red eyes again. Well, it's none of my business, I'm sure, went on the man. But most people that I know sleep in beds. I am three thousand four hundred and ten years old, said the dragon. And for every single night of every single year of those three thousand four hundred and ten years, this is how I have slept. It's how dragons sleep. It's how dragons have always slept. And he closed his eyes with a snap. Then he opened one eye cautiously. If there's one thing a dragon hates worse than lazy folks who don't take care of their treasure, it's having someone know something that they don't. What's a bed? he asked, curious in spite of himself. What's a... what's a bed? the man sputtered. Everyone knows what a bed is. Uh, it's a kind of a... of a beddy thing with mattresses and pillows and blankets and sheets and things. What's a sheet? What are pillows? asked the dragon. He really wanted to know. He couldn't sleep until he did, and the dragon was very tired. Well, sheets are smooth and cool, said the man, except in winter when they are soft and warm. And a mattress is a sort of a big bag of oh, soft things under the sheets. This intrigued the dragon still further, and he insisted on a full description. The man put his head near the dragon's big ear and whispered and whispered and whispered. You don't say, said the dragon. What a novel idea! And, well, I never. And then, who would have thought of it? And finally, how very odd. Warm, you say, and soft? Oh, yes, said the man. Very soft. Some beds are. Would you like to try one? Well, stalled the dragon. I don't know. Warm and soft? It sounds terribly undragonish to me. And he tucked his head under his wing and closed his eyes again and went back to sleep. In the morning, the dragon woke and stretched and creaked and groaned and crawled off his treasure mound. His head was stuffy and his eyes hurt and something had dug into his side all night, and he was in a horrific mood. And the first thing he saw was the strange man, sleeping curled up on his side with a small sack under his head and a fine woolen blanket wrapped around him. "'Are you still here?' grumbled the dragon. "'What's that you're lying on?' The man awoke. 
This? he asked in an innocent voice. This is a pillow. And what's that over you? Oh, this is my blanket, said the man as he got up. The dragon sniffed and snuffled all around the pillow and blanket and sneezed. What's in that thing? he grumped. Feathers, said the man simply. Feathers? asked the dragon, and then again said, Feathers! Hmm. Then the dragon made up his mind. I want a bed, he said, and you're going to show me how to make one. So the man climbed up on the dragon's back, and together they flew all around the world. Instead of picking up all the gold and treasure that people had lost, they gathered all the feathers that any bird lost anywhere in the entire world and put them in a great big sack. When the sack was full to bulging, they flew back to the cave. Well, I will say this for these bed thingies, muttered the dragon as he and the man pushed and shoved the sack into the cave. It's a whole lot lighter to carry than treasure. Then the man got on the dragon's back again, and they flew all around the world, gathering up the cloth and scraps and fur and felt that people lost or misplaced anywhere in the whole world. Back they flew again to the cave, and the dragon watched in the evening sun as the man stitched and stitched and stitched. Just as the last of the sun's rays were leaving the sky, the man stood up and said, There! Finished! And he and the dragon carried stacks of fabric into the cave and spread them out over the sack of feathers. The first two layers they put down were of the softest, smoothest fabrics they could find. Over that, the man and the dragon spread blankets sewn of fluffy, warm things and a gigantic quilt. At last, the man helped the dragon crawl between the cool, smooth sheets and tucked the warm blanket up over the dragon's shoulders and snug under the dragon's chin. Now what? asked the dragon. He wasn't sure about this bed thing. He wriggled a bit. Nothing sharp stuck into him, not in any part of his body. There were no lumps or bumps or hard things under him at all. It was very strange. Now I suppose I should sing you a lullaby, said the man. What's a lullaby? asked the dragon drowsily. By now the man was used to the dragon not knowing anything, at least not anything worthwhile. So he only shook his head and began to sing. Rock-a-bye, dragon, deep in your cave. 
You're a great dragon, strong, fierce, and uh, brave. Soft cuddled up, now snug in your bed. So go to sleep, dragon, lay down your head. As the last notes hung in the air and faded away, the man heard a strange thing. It was a soft, gentle rumbling, and the man covered his mouth to keep from laughing out loud. I didn't know that dragons snored, he thought, and then crept under his own blanket and went to sleep himself. Well, that dragon slept all the night and all the next day and all the next night, too. On the second morning, the sun's rays tiptoed into the cave and lightly touched the dragon's eyes. He blinked, and his eyes weren't red anymore, but a deep sea green. He stretched, but he didn't creak and crack and groan. He moved and wriggled and snuggled in his feather bed, all covered with his soft, warm blankets. He felt warm and comfy and cozy, and he wasn't sleepy and he didn't hurt. For the first time ever in all his 3,410 years, the dragon didn't feel grumpy. Best of all, his pile of treasure was just as large as it had been when he went to sleep because he hadn't tossed and turned and grounded into dust. And then the strangest thing of all happened, something that had never happened in all the days of all the years of all the dragons anywhere ever in the world. The dragon smiled. How are you this fine and lovely morning? asked the man. And the dragon thought that it was indeed a very fine and lovely morning, quite the finest and loveliest he'd ever seen. I am three thousand four hundred and ten years old, said the dragon, and never, not once on any single morning of any one of those three thousand four hundred and ten years, have I ever woken up feeling like this? Do you like your bed? asked the man. I love my bed, said the dragon. This is the best bed, the finest bed, the most wonderful bed that any dragon has ever had. Which, of course, it was, because it was the only bed any dragon had ever had. The man grinned and then looked critically at the dragon. He saw the gold and jewel dust under the dragon's bright scales, saw the ruby wedged behind the dragon's ear and the grime between the dragon's toes. Glad you liked it, said the man. Now then, let me tell you about baths. This concludes another episode of the Book Speaks podcast, where the book speaks for itself. Thanks for joining me, your host, Benjamin Douglas, for another indie author reading. 
If you liked what you heard, be sure to visit http colon slash slash thebookspeakspodcast.wordpress.com for more episodes and for links to the author's website and the author's Amazon author page in the show notes. If you'd like to follow me on my own author journey, you can find me at http colon slash slash benjamindouglasbooks.wordpress.com. And of course, if you're an indie author interested in having your work featured on the show, or if you're interested in discussing having your book read and produced by me as an audiobook, feel free to contact me at benjamindouglasbooks at gmail.com. Thanks for joining me today. I hope you have a productive and enjoyable weekend. <laughs>